0: Vikings get crushed by the Eagles last night on Monday Night Football. Who's most to blame, the offense or the defense, and how the Vikings need to rebound on a short week versus Detroit? It's all coming up next on Superior Sports Talk.
1: Carol Evans sports anchor Reggie Wilson covers the Twin City sports scene nonstop. Luke
0: Inman is ready to put him on the hot seat. what you got
1: to do to me? Instant
0: analysis. Yank.
1: Out you go. Post game breakdowns and red hot takes. The Timberwolves need a stick. Reggie and Luke give you a daily dose of Minnesota sports with Superior Sports Talk. Part of Locked
0: On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now. Back in the lab. Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode of Superior Sports Talk presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. Your daily Thirty-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports, which, by the way, you can now find streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. So be sure to look out for our lockdown Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV and Care Eleven. And Reg, whoo, Vikes get smoked last night, twenty-four-seven on prime time national audience. We're gonna get into it all. Let's just take a collective deep breath here to kick things off, and just tell fans it's gonna be okay.
1: Wait, was there a game last night? Oh, was that? Oh my God, was that last night? Oh, shoot. I don't know what you talking about.
0: Lots to get into, but remember, first, follow along on the Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button and on Twitter, give us a follow, at Locked On, Remember, we're a podcast, too, free and available, all platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it, we got it. Tons of great choices over there. Ron Johnson Show, The Football Party, and more, your one-stop shop with endless Vikings talk with local experts. Do us a favor, hit the subscribe button and drop us a five-star review. All right. To football we go. Legally, I think it's in our contract, Reg. We do have to talk about this. (laughs) Vikes coming off just that emotional high in week one versus the Packers. Fall back to earth here in KOC's first loss. Vikes get worked in this one from beginning to end, down 14-0 before he can even blink. Kirk Cousins and the offense never really got the rally caps on. Cousins, three interceptions, all down in Eagles territory. Finishes the game with a 17.5 QBR. He now moves to two and 10 all time on Monday Night Football. It's only the worst in NFL history. It's no big deal. It's not that bad. On the other side of the ball, yeah, Jalen Hurts start the game 10 for 10, just putting on his marching boots, clocking in for work, making things look effortless the entire first half, finishes the game 26 of 31, QBR of 78.3, also added 57 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Eagles didn't score a single point in the second half, so that was good, but Cousins in the offense just... Never on the same page, looks so out of sync. This was without a doubt for me, the most rattled I've seen Kirk Cousins, even under Zimmer all those years. Just never really found his mojo. Credit the Eagles defense, Darius Slay got his hands on five passes, three passes deflected and two interceptions. That's only one less than Justin Jefferson who caught six balls on 12 targets for 48 yards, but no big plays for the offense. You sit here this morning, Reg, and tell me what you think. Bike's that bad? Or the Eagles just maybe a really good football team?
1: Look, the Eagles are good, all right? But the Vikings just had an execution problem last night. You know, Kirk Cousins, for all that he was last night, he pitched a perfect pass. Perfect. Not, a, not even a T on a perfect. 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 Perfect pass to Irv Smith Jr. down the sideline approaching halftime which would have kind of changed the game for them. We talked about last week how Aaron Rodgers had the pass, the deep pass to Christian Watson, 75-yard touchdown would have been, it was dropped, kind of changed the game. Kind of the same thing yesterday. When Irv had the ball in his hands and he dropped it, which would have been a, a surefire touchdown with how athletic he is, That just seemed to mess everything up. And I think that Kevin O'Connell, I think, from what I saw last night, he was doing his part. Like, he tried to put the offense in good positions to succeed. The execution just wasn't there, man. Like, we had receivers dropping passes all over the place last night. And I think Sam tweeted this out four times within the 30-yard line of the Eagles in the second half, coming away with no points. Like, how does that happen? What What's going on there? And it, it's just the Eagles were in the position to make you pay. On Sunday night, I predicted that the Vikings would win 30-24. to 24. And I'm like, all right, I feel pretty good about this, all right? It was twenty-four to seven at the half. And you're like, here comes the comeback, baby. Here we, we go. go. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna score. Are hey, you guys ready to start trying?
0: Hey, should we start trying now? You ready? All right, let's go. And play. to
1: your point, the Eagles did not do a thing point-wise in the second half. The Vikes had every opportunity to come back in this game. And other times, there were several times in the game where you're like, Oh shoot, here it comes. It ain't over and then pick and then you know falter on third down and it was just like what in the world is going on here and you know a couple of those interceptions definitely on kirk but the first one you know troy aikman kind of described how jefferson didn't cut his route off and he he went over the top Mm -hmm. of darius slay and now you know it resulted in in a pick, and it was just tough, man, because I made the, the point last night on Twitter. I don't think that big play Slay, Darius Slay, really shut down Justin Jefferson for real. Like, I just think that there were some bad decisions made, whether it was on Cousins, whether it was on Jefferson and his route running, that really just kind of made it the perfect storm of, you know, that that last interception, Kirk was just like, YOLO, JJ's <laughs> down there somewhere. And he just like threw it up there and he was late on it. It hung up there in the air and Slay is just like, yeah, I'll have that. But just Justin Jefferson had a step on him in the back of the end zone. If, if that mm-hmm. was just on a little bit better timing, I think maybe things are different in that instance.
0: And so it was just an execution
1: thing last night for Mm -hmm. me.
0: No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Are are the Vikes that bad or the Eagles that good? It's probably a little mixture of both, at least last night. I'm just jealous of Eagles fans, man. Those Eagles players (laughs) just made that look so fun, easy, Mm -hmm. effortless for most of the game. And there's just a reason I called this team a sleeper Super Bowl contender, because I think heading into the year, I knew if Hurts could take a step forward at all as a passer and that defense could come together with all the talent they added. Jordan Davis in the draft, N'Kobe Dean, the linebacker from Georgia, Gardner Johnson, they tried for from new orleans just two three Mm -hmm. weeks ago and you're in a wide open nfc this year they would be a legitimate threat to get hot and make a run remember last year they won six of their last eight games that ended on a serious high note heading Mm -hmm. into this season but the vikes yeah where do you start the defense didn't allow a single point in the second half that was nice but you can't give up 24 points like that in the first half. It's so hard in the NFL for an offense when teams just know you're passing and can pin their ears back, just get after a pocket passer like Kirk Cousins, who's just not a threat to scramble and create plays outside the pocket like Hertz. Kirk was just completely lost, man. He was out of sync. Once they got down big, he had time in the pocket on multiple occasions. So I'm not gonna say the offensive line was the major problem, in fact, All in all, I thought the offensive line was fine. I mean, there was pressure, but that's when they blitzed. That's when there was an extra man and they didn't have enough guys. That's on Kirk Cousins before the snap, pre-snap, to make an adjustment or a hot route there. But either the skill players weren't getting open downfield or Kirk wasn't seeing them and pulling the trigger. The running game was no help either. Dalvin Cook, six rushes, 17 yards. Madison, two for eight. A lot of things we can dissect and point the finger at here, Reg. But from all that... What concerns you the most moving forward? Was it, in fact, Kirk Cousins, who just looked rattled and out of sync? Was it Ed Donatell in that defense, making things look easy? The inept running game is, is something we need to talk about? Or was it something else maybe we haven't brought up, like Harrison Smith, possibly being ruled out now on a short week as he enters the concussion protocol? What worries you most? Plenty to choose from here.
1: So I think it's a little bit of a mixture of both Cousins and that defense. As good as they looked in week one, you're like, okay, the the Packers are still trying to figure out who the heck they're even throwing to. And they got a, a receiving core that is still trying to figure things out. Well, that wasn't the case in Philly. They're like, look, we know who we are. We know what we're trying to do. And it just didn't really seem like the Vikings made adjustments. Patrick Peterson last night after the game talked about how they need to go back and, and, uh, and make some adjustments and make sure that teams don't try to exploit them the same way that Philly did. And you're like, well, I hope so, buddy, because, like, that was not pretty. <laughs> like, they just decided to do whatever they wanted to do. I made the joke last night on Twitter that the Vikings seemed to adopt the Packers' defensive game plan from week one. <laughs> Although, you know, instead of, instead of just leaving one receiver wide open... They left all of them wide open. It, like Jalen Hurst was dropping back and he was just if whether it was a quick pass or a deep pass or whatever it was, he was just out there playing pitch and catch. It's just like, okay, where are the Vikings defenders at? Also, where's the pass rush? Like we didn't hear we didn't hear Zadarius Smith's name really at all last night. You know, didn't see much from Hunter. Wanham got in there, got the sack. Hey. I hey, said that yesterday. Respect it. On the show. Love it. Give me that. Give me give me mine. I'll have it. Mm. But it was it was rough like it was weird, man. You knew who the weapons and who the threats were coming into that game last night and it was just mm-hmm. like, all right. Still can't do anything about it. It was like the Bengals. They were like, uh Joe, what what concerns you about this Cowboys defense? He was like Michael Parsons. And then the, they come out in the game and he's putting Lyle Collins in a blender, just <laughs> turnstile. We get of Joe a chip Burrow. on him,
0: please, a, a running back like, chip uh, or something. You Anything? knew,
1: you knew that Michael Parsons is a dude and he has to be, you know, dealt with. You didn't deal with him. It was like you knew Jalen Hurts, his legs were going to be a problem if you didn't have contain on him. What did he do? run all around in the first half. Mm -hmm. You knew that A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, I mean, at this Quez Watkins, you knew these guys had to be covered. What did you do? You just leave them open. You know, that that, uh, touchdown to Watkins right there, you know, you're hoping maybe he drops it because he was just butt naked open. He's just like, hey, here we go yep i'm here yep we're gonna we're gonna score on this and you're just like ah. i made the joke last night on care i'm like they were up 14 nothing before the defensive coaches got a chance to put their headsets on apparently because right what what was going on with that and then also with kirk cousins he had a little bit of a of a sped up eternal uh, internal clock last night mm-hmm. there were times where you know he had the protection but in his mind, he's like, look, it's been like three seconds. I got to get rid of this ball. As opposed to hanging in the pocket, some of these late-breaking routes coming open, and he had some guys. Like, he missed Thielen over the middle. He missed JJ over the middle at times. There were there were some times where, you know, that, oh, man, yesterday he decided to dump it off to Dalvin Cook last night when Jefferson went ran that wheel route up mm-hmm. the sideline. Jefferson was running wide open and Kirk looked over at him. He's like, no, that's not going to be there. Let me dump it off. And Jefferson's like, wait a minute. I'm wait, wait, you bailed out too quick. And I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's just Kirk being Kirk, but KLC's got to get that fixed because like if his internal clock is just going to be that fast and he's not going to hang in there in the pocket. I know he doesn't, you know, consider himself – well, I know we don't consider him a mobile quarterback. But still, you got to be able to be off script a little bit or or be able to hang in that pocket a little bit. And I know Kirk's just – Kirk, you know, he's like, look, I'm going to quarterback how I've always quarterbacked and it's worked for me up until this point. Should be no different here. And it's just like, okay, kind of. But if you're not evolving, look, if you're not evolving as a person, that's a bad thing. If you're mm-hmm. not evolving as a player, what are we doing? Like what well, are you doing? Why at?
0: are we paying you? Right. Yeah. Right. Easy to pick on Kirk and he definitely needs to take a serious amount of blame and criticism no doubt. We'll pick on him all week for sure. But until I go back and actually watch the film, I can't say for certain. Were guys getting open and streaking downfield? I have a feeling that was the case. I am able to sit here today confidently and say Ed Donatel's defense needs to play better moving forward because that was just Mm -hmm. too easy, man. Way too vanilla. I'm sorry. Did he think we were still in the preseason? No exotic looks or sub packages. (laughs) Didn't dial up a ton of blitzes. They tried to get home with four like they had success with against the Packers. So that made sense going in, and it's like, well, let's see if it works. Let's double down. And then if it doesn't, Mm -hmm. I got a plan B in my back pocket. Never just really made a ton of adjustments, though. What concerns me the most is you didn't see a lot of cover one. And not to get too in the X's and O's and the weeds, but that's a staple of Vic Fangio's defense, cover one defense. And that's what Ed Donatel comes from. And I think the reason that is, is because the same thing I was worried heading into the season, they just might not have the right cover cornerbacks to feel confident lining up and playing man coverage against some of these top flight receivers in the league. That's a huge problem if they can't figure out how to be successful. If they're not going to run, what's basically the heart and soul, the staple of a Fangio Donatel defense, which is that cover one look. Last one here, rank these three top to bottom, you think had the most disappointing performance. You don't need to get too in the weeds, deep explanation, but Kirk Cousins, Ed Donatel, or Justin Jefferson. Jefferson had a lot of hype going in coming off that week one performance. Top to bottom, three most disappointing performances. Who you got? Uh, You
1: know, I I put Cousins one. I'll put Donatel, too, just because, like, yeah, it's on him to make adjustments, but Patrick Peterson even said after the game last night, they just weren't executing the game plan. Like, sometimes it's not just on coaches. it's It's on players who are out there mm-hmm. actually playing the game to do what they're supposed to do. And then number three, I'll do Justin Jefferson. I I honestly, like I said, I didn't think that Slay really locked him up as people tried to make it seem like. I just think that there was some miscommunication. Mm -hmm. I just think things just weren't in sync last night. And it's funny because I think it was Adam Thielen talking about how the first week it was great because communication is a big part of that offense. And they communicated well, how were they going to go into a hostile environment and respond? We saw what happened. The the communication broke down. And that just cannot happen. Like, if, look, it's only week two, so we can't just be overreacting like this. But if they are going to have these communication woes when they go on the road, like, That's going to be a problem. But I do expect them to correct that and get that fixed. I do think that Kevin O'Connell is a man who's prepared. I think this was a job that he coveted. This was a job that he, you know, really wants to take to heart. And I think he's going to get back in the lab, look Mm -hmm. at the tape, correct the mistakes. I don't think he called a bad game last night offensively. I don't either. I, I, I don't think... I really don't, man. Like, like I said, Irv catches that pass for the touchdown and it's a whole different ball game. I think he, you know, he really, he had nothing going in the run game last night. And that was unfortunate. And he really tried to kind of force it at times, but it was Mm -hmm. nothing doing on that. But I think he's going to go back to the lab. I, we might see a shootout on Sunday against the Lions.
0: A lot of points for sure. Could be on the table, no doubt. Plenty more Vikings and NFL talk to get into. And next, we're talking about the Minnesota Twins, who are down for the count. But first, even after that tough loss last night, the Vikings still sit at 2-1 to one to win the NFC North. You can check those odds out. And more with bet online. BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games, stats, news, and info. You want it, they got it. BetOnline makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to betOnline.net today to learn more. That's betonline.net. It's where the game starts. And remember, when you subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and Ron talk football every day on the ron johnson show reggie wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective right here on superior sports talk and the minnesota football party brings together the top vikings podcasters in the city subscribe to the free lockdown sports minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast and drop us a five-star review or find our videos on the lockdown sports minnesota youtube channel hit the subscribe button leave us a comment let us know what you think all right to baseball we go I'll give you about three, four minutes here. I don't know what you want to talk about. <laughs> Twins lose 10-4, out for the count. 15 games remaining, I believe, down, what, six games back in the division. Any positives here? You just want to take a couple minutes and just have a little vent sesh? What do you want to do here, Reg? What do you got?
1: No. Just no. <laughs> it. I got nothing. It, 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 it's, it's just, you know, you lose four or five to – Cleveland in a in a must win series and you're just packing up your lunch you know mm-hmm. it's it's uh did you see the meme with the with the kid getting off the bus to see his mom and she's like hey how <laughs> yeah. was your day that's terrible sandwich garbage, by the way <laughs> yeah terrible sandwich mom like that that's <laughs> that's how this feels it's with the like, face
0: too like mom yeah. what was yeah. that oh that was
1: Terrible sandwich, you know. Behind the scenes, after the fact, it was found out that he made he was made a butter and jelly sandwich, and the butter went rancid by the time oh, he got to lunch, and hilarious. it was just a terrible. Sandwich. But he still ate the sandwich. That's how it feels. I love the us. background.
0: Like, I love the digging. You you, you got to yeah. the story there. That's a true. Look, I'm a uh, news anchor, You know right that's, that's that's how yeah. we do
1: it. Look, that's how it feels. We you know we the the, the twins are like hey we're the twins Mm. everything's all good we're like terrible series by the way (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like it's just like uh okay all right you know towards are just like but but i mean you're you're our fans what's up but this look that yeah. was the first thing you greet me with is terrible series like have we not we played 140 other, other games?
0: games do you want to talk about those no you yeah, just want to talk about the no, sandwich okay no.
1: Ter- terrible series, by the way.
0: What do you think this season's just going to be like, remembered by? Like when we look back, remember at the beginning, oh my gosh, you signed Carlos Correa? Okay, let's go. You got Byron Buxton, Louisa Rye steps up. What do you think we look back and just kind of remember this twin season by? It seems like they were so close, got so hot. Remember, they were in first place in the division forever, it felt like, mm-hmm. in those early months. Cleveland, White Sox, soft division, didn't really do much here until the end. Cleveland obviously got really hot and the Twins couldn't capitalize. What are you going to remember about this season? Or how are you going to remember this team specifically in 2022?
1: Big disappointment. Yeah. This was a season that you had so many things going in your favor. Mm -hmm. Cleveland was terrible most of the year. Chicago, awful most of the year. Like the Twins should have been up by like 20 games headed into August. And some of this slumping that they've been doing shouldn't have even mattered that much because there were so many times where Cleveland and Chicago just looked out of it. And there were so many electric times. I'm talking about some of the Byron Buxton walkoffs, offs Louisa mm-hmm. Rice, wonderful season. Electric. Great batting average, wasted. Carlos Correa comes over with the big opportunity. You know, he talked about championship pedigree. This team talked about having championship expectations. Nothing like you get into this this stretch near the end of September, and you're just like, "What the heck happened here?" I, I, I you just. You, you come into the season and you're like, look, the pitching staff was going to be a question mark. You know that the bats should be there, especially after getting a, a bat like Correa. Some of the young guys, you know, some some exciting things from guys like Jose Miranda, you know, mm-hmm. at times, Kirillov, mm-hmm. you know, Royce Lewis before he went down. There were some times where you're like, wow, this team is really talented. And young. And some of those games, yeah, and some of those games, whether it's June, July, you know, August, some of those games, or a lot of those games before the trade deadline where they had a lead and the bullpen found a way to just give it up and they lose some games that they should win. They're going to look back at those games during this offseason and really like, you know, this are just going to be sitting at home and it's just going to be like watching TV. You know their favorite show is on. They're watching TV with the kids, with the wife. They're just like, you know, everything is all good. And then they'll have a random passing thought, like, "Gosh darn it, man! How did we lose that one? How did we lose that other one?" Uh, Dad, you okay?
0: Thinking you about the twenty twenty two twins.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking yeah, about the it. season. My bad, my bad, my bad. Come on, let us put back on cocoa melon. Let's <laughs> let's let's enjoy. Let's enjoy each other. Gosh darn it, man. Dad, are you okay? Yeah, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Let's watch. Let's watch. And I, I, if you're if you're a twins player, if you're a, a twins, you know, coach, you're just like kicking yourself. And and I, I just I don't know what else to say, man. It, it was no, this was I- just. This was
0: rough. I'm with you. Everything's going to be exciting again, whether Correa signs back or they dump that money into maybe a different superstar or two really solid players. Buxton's going to be healthy. Everybody's going to be healthy. But I think we need to start preparing for life without Buxton and kind of just view him as kind of a treat on top, a little cherry on top, because clearly they are such a different team when he's just not in the lineup providing that Mm. spark. And even when he was in the game, he just wasn't fully healthy and we kind of found that out later. Very shocking how few stolen bases they had this year. I think they were worst in the league in stolen bases. Like how does that happen mm. with a guy like Byron Buxton on the team even if he's only playing 120 games? And they just need to have a plan B for when he goes down during the season for long stretches and still be able to stay competitive and have that, you know, kind of juice in the lineup, that electricity in the lineup when Buxton's not around. Twins played tonight if you're into that kind of thing, 7-10, first pitch, Dylan Bundy on the mound, they're in Kansas City taking on Zach Grinky. All right, time has come. Favorite segments here called What Does It Mean? Let's just jump right into it. First one up, Vikings drafted three defensemen early in the draft. Remember, Lewis seen first round, Andrew Booth Jr., second round, Brian Asamoah, who they traded up for. Booth was out with the quad injury, but both seen and Asamoah hardly saw the field, even in the blowout, like garbage time. Where are these guys? What does it mean for the Vikings' early return on this draft class that has yet to really see the field much at all in the early goings? You concerned at all about this?
1: Nah, I, I just think they're trying to bring him along and, and help them. You know, I think what is tough is Booth not being out, not being in the lineup. He's yeah. needed. They drafted him to be a dude for them. And him not being in the lineup, like he's missing valuable playing time to grow as a player. You know, I, I think as the season has, you know, as the season goes along, I think they expected him or they expect him. To be a guy who is challenging for starter playing time and you can't do that when you're not on the field and so that's really tough you know kind of of a guy who had a, a bit of an injury knock on him coming out he was injured when he became a viking you know missed some time in camp trying to recover from the growing injury and and now you're like okay Let's go with this guy. Like let him, let him get out there and play. Then he hurts his quad and he misses time again. And you're just like, look, you see how that defense looked last night? They could use a a good cover corner. You know, you talked about how they didn't necessarily play a lot of cover one because maybe they don't necessarily have confidence in the guys being able to to you know cover one on one. Booth was a guy that they got to be that. Mm-hmm. Lewis seen he still got to learn. Asamoah, he's gonna he's gonna learn that he's behind two guys that are are really good players. You know, Jordan Hicks had an interception last night. Eric Kendricks always does his thing, so I, I understand that they just kind of have to get in where they fit in. But I think they really need Booth to get healthy and to be available for them, uh, game in and game out.
0: Yeah, uh, the Luke Spinman brand took a huge L last night. Not because the Vikes got blown <laughs> out or Kirk Cousins didn't do well. It's because all week, what did I pound the table for? Ah, oh, Lewis and Brian Osamoa, you get speed on the field to stop Hurts. They were just nowhere to be found. And you're right about Asamoa specifically. Draft a little bit later, so not as much pressure to come in right away. Tough to find the field when you got Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendricks. I will say about Booth, they certainly need him back. But Cam Dansler, I thought if you want to find one positive, play pretty well. And I know Ed Mm -hmm. Donatel was having him play that soft off coverage. So he let up a lot of passes in front of him. But all in all, he was making a lot of plays on the ball at the point of contact. I thought if you want to find one positive in there, Cam Dantzler was a pretty solid number two cornerback. But in this league, if you don't have that true number one, put him on an island shutdown corner... You need Mm -hmm. three solid cornerbacks top to bottom just to play different schematics and things like that. Zone, man, press, you name it. And Andrew Boot Jr. coming back when healthy should be a huge addition. All right. That's a wrap today. Back tomorrow. Break it down. More Vikes, NFL, Twins. Remember, you got to like, rate, review, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30 minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. We're a podcast too. Free and available. All platforms. Subscribe, drop us a five star review, and take us everywhere on the go. That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV. Check him out up on Care 11 every night. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in. And tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out.
1: Be blessed. Spread love today.